Castrol is a film podcast filled with dubious opinions, plot spoilers, and a healthy sprinkling of bad language. Thanks for listening. Casserole, the fortnightly podcast that each episode takes some of your favourite films and aims to serve you up a delicious recasting. I am Jim, and joining me at the stove every week are my two co-hosts, Nick and Sam. Hello. Hello. Nice intro. Yeah, great. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Not too bad, was it? Yeah, that was good. Been Makes work- me want to listen. I've been, <laughs> I've been working on that. Don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to feel a little bit festive. Well, I do need to pick one person up on this, Sam. I've noticed the fact that we are recording on the 29th of November and your Christmas decorations are up in your house where we're recording. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, stop being a Scrooge. (laughs) It is, we are are recording the Christmas episode. Um, They would be up anyway. I don't, I can't give that as an excuse. You know how some people say that it's bad luck to leave your decorations up? Like until January. I think it should be bad luck to to put them up any time before like the twentieth of December. Uh, okay, I do get that, but we, we take them down quite quickly after Christmas though. Okay. So we we have them up for like longer before for a nice build up, you know. Yeah. Good good stuff on the telly. Just makes you happy. Everything's like cold and dark and horrible. You know, the build up's the best part of Christmas. It's great. Speaking of good stuff on the telly oh. and in the cinema, James, yeah. do you want to let everyone know what we're recasting this time? Well. We are going to be answering a very important question about this film as well. We are recasting Die Hard. And the question is, is this a Christmas film? And or, the answer is yes. Or is it a film set at Christmas? Mm, I mentioned this to my wife whilst watching it. Because it seems to be there's two sides of the scale, but I'm going to throw an argument out there for why, it's a, why it is categorically a Christmas film. Oh, go on then. What do Die Hard, Love Actually, Elf, <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street, and Jingle All The Way have in common? Death. They're all set at Christmas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah that's no, no, no. Four of those. That doesn't no, make no, it no. a Christmas no, no, film. No, no. What? Four of them are classed as Christmas films. Right. Why, but, why should Die Hard be any different? Right, okay. So I, I Just because think... it's a film about a man taking down a terrorist in a fucking <laughs> skyscraper doesn't mean it's any less a Christmas film. It's but, set at Christmas, as are the other four. Just because it's not all, oh, look at me, I'm falling in love at Christmas, blah, 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 blah. It's a Christmas film. I mean, if anything, it's also about Holly falling back in love with John. Yeah, I mean, there could be the family-friendly sort of romance movie after the main movie of Die Hard takes place, arguably. <clears throat> but what I will say, James, is that... <laughs> That's it. All those other films, the plot is trying right. to try, just try and break down my argument directly around Christmas. So, do you not like think it's a Christmas toys. film? No, I don't really care. Well, all right, but it, I mean, so I have a, so I have, I think it is a Christmas film. Just I think it's a Christmas film. But my my point for why it is a Christmas film actually is is wrong. Like I thought it was a Christmas film because the fact it's at Christmas is really key to the plot. Yes, but actually, it's not. Yeah. Like, the, they're having a Christmas party, but they could be any reason for having a party. They don't even mention the fact that, all oh, the cops are, you know, there's not many cops on duty because it's Christmas. They don't say anything about why they're choosing to do it at Christmas. Yeah, true. So, 
I mean, it is a Christmas film, but I mean, they listen to Christmas music at the start. It sets it up. Yeah, there are Christmas lights. I think yeah. someone gets a corpse gets wrapped in fairy lights and thrown down an elevator. With a Santa hat on. It's, it's a Christmas film, all right? Oh, if that's oh, not Christmas, oh. I don't know what it is. Also, the reason he's there is because he visits the family for Christmas. So, boom, it is a Christmas film. All right, fine. I don't mind this being a Christmas film. What I do have an issue with is some people when you say what's your favourite Christmas film and they go oh, it, it's Die Hard <laughs> it's Jingle All The Way <laughs> that's the correct answer isn't it mm-hmm. absolutely the correct answer <laughs> yeah. Turbo Man for the win yeah exactly <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> right so before we get into our beautiful casterole part of the show what have you lovely gentlemen been up to this week I haven't been watching an awful lot. I've been playing, uh, been, I've made the most of uh, the Black Friday deals on the PlayStation Store. So I've been playing a, a couple of little video games, been playing a bit of, come uh, back to me being the horror guy. Oh, God. I've been playing The Evil Within 2 with mm. like headphones on, lights turned off. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's what, you've got issues. I got, I got scared playing Diablo 3 the other day. <laughs> I was like, that's a demon. So yeah, apart from that, I'm watching Die Hard. That's, that's me, really. That's it. Jim? Well, I've been watching loads. Fuck, you know. I know. I, it's a good job you sat down because you'd have been fucking floored at that information. Yeah. What have you been watching? Well, I've been on a bit of a Jack Reacher kick lately, so I've been oh. I've finished three of the novels and currently reading the fourth one. So I right, I watched... realised he said he's been watching words on a in a book. <laughs> We're not talking about films yet, are you? <laughs> what have you been watching? Did reading did... books, mate. <laughs> I've been reading. I've read the novels. Nice. Right. So as a result, I then went. Well, let's check out the Amazon Prime series. So I've watched season one of Reacher in anticipation for season two sometime oh in December, I believe. Nice. That, and that is the right way to do it. Read the book, yeah. then watch the film or series. Not checked out the films, Tom, See, the Tom Cruise ones, because okay, okay. I figure at some point we're probably going to do them for this, well, and I've not watched them yet. So I think probably a lot of people... Don't want to spoil anything. A lot of people would recast Tom Cruise, people, A lot of people have questioned well, yeah, having that seen, casting choice. Having yeah. seen the TV series... And knowing what I know of Tom Cruise and the character of Jack Reacher, yeah, Tom Cruise is not yeah. the fit for that character. Uh, but I've also been watching season two of Invincible yes. up until the mid-season finale, and then I've continued watching a bit of One Piece, the anime, not the live action. I'm drastically trying to keep get ahead with One Piece, the anime, but it's that's a that's a slog to get through. Well, that. when you've got over a thousand episodes to get at, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, I've I have watched a couple of films at the cinema actually. Ooh. That that crazy. Yeah, so, you invited us to watch one of those. I did. So we're recasting today. Really, I don't know. Serendipitous is that a word? Yeah. Serendipity. Yeah. Is actually on our local cinema. They were showing Die Hard, uh, and it was at ten o'clock at night. And I invited you guys, and you were all complete wusses, and we're like, now nah, I'm going to be in bed with me hot water bottles and me cocoa. Sam. So, well, hang on. Okay. I, feel, I feel like you're throwing a bit of slander my way here. <laughs> Just saying. That, that, was not, moment, that was not me. The moment that I said it was at 10, you were like, That was Nick, not me. So right, take yeah. your slander. All right. Thank why, you. Why did you not come? Money. Right, fair enough. Fair dues. Yeah, that's fair dues. Not, yeah, I was in bed with my hot water bottle, face mask. Yeah, right, yeah. Cucumber over the eyes. So I right, did watch the film. A 10pm start in the cinema yeah. is not a 10pm start of the film. That no, is like that's when the trailer starts. Well, yeah. You're getting out at like half one. As two people that have worked in cinemas, it that's probably true. would a film of that age, it probably would have been. 
Okay. It, there would not. There would have been very minimal trailers and adverts before the beginning. There would have. Yeah. There would have been. There'd have been a trailers, couple. but not adverts. Yeah. There'd have been a couple, but nothing. Major. Yeah. Actually, I don't think we talked about this, but Jim and I actually, you guys know each other from school. Correct. And then Jim and I worked together in a cinema and school. And and school. Yeah, you went to the Grange. Yeah. All right. Secondary school. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I forgot that completely. <laughs> uh, I mean, who, I don't blame you. For, I don't, I don't, been a long time. I don't blame you for trying to forget that. We, place. we weren't in the same year. I think. No, you were a yeah. year above. All right. You don't, need to, right, <laughs> don't need to say I'm necessarily older. But yeah, and then we we fell out of touch, and then I got friendly with Nick, and then it was like, oh my god, we all know each other. Yeah. Which is crazy. Ooh, and, you know, Nick mean. and I like films. So we yeah. thought let's start a podcast. <laughs> and I don't watch many. Yeah. You know of films. I know of films. I You're know aware of them. I know the word film. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I watched Die Hard at the cinema, which was good. It was good for this re this recasting we're going to be doing, this, this casserole that we are going to be cooking up. Right. Oh, so okay. can we talk about this film? This is yeah. an ultimate classic, right? Uh, whether or not you think this is a Christmas film is another question, but whether or not you think this is a good film, I don't think there's many people around who've watched this film who don't think this no. is a classic action film. Yeah, I mean, if you're not into action, then fine, it's yeah. not the film it's for not, you. It's, not, it's, ne- it's never going to be for you, is it? But it is. It, I feel like it's almost the template for action films. Like, it set the bar. Well, it's funny you should say that, because around the time, I think, when this film was released... I Hang think... on, are we going into Nicopedia Corner? Just unprompted here. Ah, no, this is a... Are this you just is a, like, flying in there? This is... We're skirting around this the edges. This is a pre-Nicopedia Corner. <laughs> and a moose We're skirting bouche. the edges. Yeah, and a moose-bouche of the corner. Oh. Um, yeah, this was considered... It was, it was actually quite a different template from a lot of the action films at the time, because I think if you think about the stuff that was around, it was incredibly muscle-bound action heroes, your Schwarzeneggers, mm. your Stallones one-man armies, which arguably Bruce Willis in this film. I was going to say, he doesn't exactly have much help in this film. But, but he, yeah, exactly. And he is also kind of fallible, kind of, he has vulnerabilities. He, you know, this guy spends a lot of time hiding in this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hiding in places of the Nakatomi um, Corporation Tower. Uh, and people did praise it for that, sort of, his portrayal. And actually, he wasn't necessarily like a, ba- a, a total sort of bankable action star when he was cast. So they did come onto this in a sec. It was offered to a number of other action stars. It ended up falling with Bruce Willis. Um, but he was relatively unknown. He was like a TV actor at that point. So this was like his yeah, first right. big movie break. Um, to the point, which I think when they released this film initially in the promotional material, like the front cover of the, you know, the trailer, um, like poster and stuff, they originally didn't even have his face on the poster. It was just the tower because they felt that that was more recognisable as like a landmark for the film. Yeah, but as it happens, yeah, I mean, it ended up being a massive success. It kind of changed up the format a bit for action films at the time. Yeah, it became the template yeah. rather than just following. It, it still holds up as well. It's just, it yeah. was a, I loved it. It was a great it's, watch. It's always a great watch. I think whenever you watch it, it's always a, always a great watch. There's, mm. there's not much, like, if anyone's listened to our previous episode, uh, Waterworld, there's a lot to pick apart in that film. Like, whether you enjoyed it, whether you think it's fun, it's a classic, a cult classic, whatever. There are glaring holes in the plot, <laughs> in powers. some of the acting performances, in some of the dialogue. It doesn't necessarily show women in a great light. There's lots of problems with it, but it's fun. But this, like, you know, John McClane's wife is is really strong character in it. She's really fleshed out. She's yeah. not just a, ah, save me! Yeah. Like... And it's, oh, yeah, I can't fault it. I still love it. I mean, like, you know, 
I've seen it. I see it every year because I think it's a Christmas film. Um, so you know, it was it was good. But I'd never seen it in the cinema actually, so it was nice to see it in the cinema. Yeah, it's a it's a really, I think it's similar to when we went back to Spielberg Jurassic Park. It's a really tightly written and directed film, isn't it? It doesn't it doesn't mm. like waste any screen time or anything. There's no there's no excess fat to it, is there? It's, yeah, it's very stripped back. This is what's happening in this film. This is what we want. This is what we want done. Get let's just get it done. Out of interest, yeah. Nickopedia Coroner, who who did direct it? Uh, John McTiernan. And what else has he done? Because I feel like I've seen lots of his stuff. Yeah, like, Die Hard 3. Oh, uh, well, Die Hard 3 is... <laughs> Die Hard 3 is good. Die Hard 3 might be my favourite, actually. I'm pretty sure he did Predator as well, actually. Oh. I have a fear. Could be wrong. But, um, yeah, and yeah, Die Hard, that's right. Die Hard 3 is... is Arguably a shout for like a, a sequel or a film that's um is up there, right? What a great film that is. Well, all three, like if they'd stopped at three, it would be up there for best trilogies. Two dropped a bit for me. A bit, but it's still good. Two is probably the one I've watched the least. Yeah, but it's still good. Mm. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like, I mean, you know, talk about aliens. Like Alien One, great. Alien Two, great. Alien Three is dog shit. <laughs> So, I mean, if you talk about three films, like the there's, Die Hard there's films, there's an argument are good. to have stopped there. Why can't people uh, just stop there? Let alone. Yeah, it's, it's not great. Because some, I'll tell you why they didn't want to stop there. Because Money. they wanted John McLean to take down a helicopter with a fucking taxi. <laughs> All right, that's why. Jesus. So I think um, I mean, it is important to acknowledge at this point. Like this yeah. year, we had some. Um, you know, this, we're recording this in 2023. Really sad news this year that Bruce Willis has been diagnosed with dementia. So I think it's important to acknowledge that and just say yeah. this as much as anything is, is our kind of tribute to him as well. And the fact that you know, we all love Bruce Willis as an actor and we all love this movie yeah. as well. I think this is important just to I actually, that. I actually think that at the height of his, you know, Bruce Willis-dom, uh, he didn't really make a bad film. He's like He's made some classic films. I mean, Fifth yeah. Element. It's one of my oh, favourites. Oh, that's, yes, that's a phenomenal, it's phenomenal film. Brilliant. If you think, by the way, we should make a cast role from Fifth Element, then please get in touch, let us know, and maybe we'll do it. But I think it's important that you say that because, uh, you know, whenever we do this, we're not wanting to throw shade at any of the actors we're recasting. Um, we're not saying that the ones that we do would do a better job, just maybe different or maybe changing it up. Or almost certainly worse. Oh, or almost <laughs> certainly worse. Yeah. The, the whole point of the cast role is to just imagine the film with the different cast. Not yeah. to say that we want the film done with that cast. It's just we, we're just make, having a little having a discussion as to what the film would look like with that cast. Yeah. That's right. So that being said, Bruce, we love you. We wouldn't recast you really. No. But we have. <laughs> <laughs> Can I interest anyone in a little bit of a Well I mean you've got your, you've got the juices flowing, so we may as well go to Nickopedia Corner for the film Ooh, synopsis. And I'm ready. You did tease some juicy facts. I've got some juicy facts. So first of all, yeah, Katie, you've lived under a rock for the past thirty four years. Um, Die Hard is a nineteen eighty eight American action film. Uh, it's based on the nineteen seventy nine novel Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Uh, following New York City police detective John McClane, who is caught up in a terrorist takeover of a Los Angeles skyscraper whilst visiting his estranged wife. But gentlemen, did you know the film is based on that novel, uh, which is a sequel to Roderick Thorpe's earlier novel, The Detective? Now, that novel had a film adaptation starring Frank Sinatra 
1968. Now, 20th Century Fox were contractually obliged to offer the lead role in Die Hard to Frank Sinatra. Jesus! <laughs> he was in his early 70s at the wow. time. Now, he, he declined the part, as you can imagine. <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> can you imagine? There's a cast role right well, there. You know what? If he had been cast, he would have done it his way. <laughs> he would have. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Taxi! Uh, so yeah, speaking of Bruce Willis being cast in, you know, this is probably major breakthrough role. Um, he wasn't the first choice for John McClane. So prior to his uh, casting, producers presented the script to Schwarzenegger, of course, as you can yeah, imagine. Obviously, uh, Burt Reynolds, interestingly, oh. Stallone, Harrison Ford, and Richard Gere. I mean, I Ford. think they landed on the right yeah. casting. Though. Ford, Ford, Ford would have been Ford was solid. Late late eighties, early nineties, Ford was solid. Mm. But. But yeah, that would, have been, that would have been an interesting film with, with Ford in it. Well, I think he would have played it. I think actually he would have played it very similar to Bruce Willis. Actually, like mm. think about him in like The Fugitive, where he's sort of a reluctant hero, and he's not like a one man army. He just sort of rides his luck a bit. He does that a lot in Indiana Jones, isn't he? A yeah. lot of based around. Although luck Indiana Jones is much more sort of comic book. He's mm. is, you know defying things and mm. hundreds of arrows and stuff. Yes, and well, uh, so yeah, final fact for you. So even though many of the terrorists in the film were portrayed as German, uh, originally, in the, in the sort of original version that was put out, the vast majority of their dialogue is complete gibberish. So it's not actually German, uh, at least in the theatrical version. So a lot of that was later fixed for the VHS release, so they overdubbed <laughs> in actual German, when actually it was just like, blah, 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 complete gibberish. Um, but so as not to cause any international incidents, on the German version of the movie, it doesn't even recognise the characters as German, instead opting for non-specific European. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking German. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why did they do that originally? Because Hans Gruber is clearly German. That's, Hans that's such, a German, <laughs> such a German name as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, Americans for you. Eh? So shall we, uh, shall we get into our cast a roll? Is it time to cast a roll? Oh, it's time to cast a roll. Let's do this. Yeah, it is. Is this a good time to say yippee ki <laughs> Yeah, it is, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start with this casserole? That's the question. Well, I, think... I think there's only one place to start, isn't it? It's got to be McLean. It's got you can't to be start McLean. anywhere else but McLean. Who's got McLean? That's me this oh, week. Sam. Oh, Sam. How do you find Sam, Sam's taking the lead. <laughs> this, this, well, like, yeah, because in the previous ones, I've not had sort of the the lead good guy or the lead sort of bad guy. Yeah. The villain or the hero, if you will. Yeah. To use, you know, not childlike sentences. <laughs> the baddie. Um, the baddie. The antagonist um, or the protagonist. Oh. That's right. Thesaurus that up, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> Worked in his cinema, is he? Oh. No, Thesaurus was the Jurassic Park one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Right, so, yeah. John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, brilliantly. Um, I've got a couple of picks for this. Um, I want to start with my, I want to start with my Hollywood pick. Now, I, I want to just say right now, I think all of these picks are actually good. Yeah. Um, this is hard though because this is hard. He gives a great performance he does. in this role. And what I've kind of thought is, like you said, this was Bruce Willis's sort of breakout role. Yeah. Now, although some of these people are you know established, or like this this Hollywood pick is definitely established, mm. I feel like he could definitely be the new face of like say, three or four that's films. That's what you want for this role. If you're going to be putting someone else in, you want them exactly. to carry the next 
Four, because we don't talk about the fifth film. Uh, we, are, we don't talk about the fourth one either. I mean, I, I do. I, I enjoy <laughs> it. But the fifth one, no. Yeah. But yeah, you, you want them as the face <laughs> of the franchise, don't you? So you don't... Exactly. So my, sure Hollywood done, pick, mm. my Hollywood pick is safe. Okay, he's done something similar. Okay. I've gone with Taron Egerton. Mm. Okay. He's, he's good. He seems a bit too nice boy for me, though. Well, you, you say that, but I mean, he's actually rumoured to be the new Wolverine. Oh, really? Yeah. That would be interesting. I mean, that, that would be a good shout um, yeah. and that would be fun if you're listening to this podcast in years to come and it turns out to be true I predicted it right there that's me <laughs> so when you said it, uh, there's rumours is that rumors I'm starting it now yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm starting the rumour right this now this is the rumour no, there are rumours that he's going to be so yeah I think he'd be really good obviously he's uh, if you don't know he's from Kingsman he's in Eddie the Eagle he's um, Robin Hood uh, he's Robin Hood he's uh, uh not Boy George. <laughs> Elton, Elton John. John. Elton yes. John. He's Elton John. Now, he's very good. Now, obviously, the, the Kingsman series would be the one that kind of most shows him doing this. Yeah. But I could imagine him having sort of the, the vulnerability of Bruce Willis. You know, he would be hiding in places. He'd be scared if, like, you know, too many shots were coming at him and stuff. I think, I think he... You think he's got that it, maybe that cheeky, charismatic yeah, kind of yeah. charm that like, can really piss people off, be lovable. At the same I could time. imagine him, like, you know... You know, chatting back in the radio at hands. I'm just not sure I can buy him as the badass though. I'm saying Bruce right. Willis gets really quite and this violent and aggressive yeah. in this film, and I, I don't think I, I don't think I'd see that out of Taron. Right, he, okay. He's obviously I know he can throw punches as from the Kingsman films, but they're not their light-hearted films. They're he's, not. He's maybe not as scrappy. And I guess the character of John McClane is that grizzled New York City cop as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I, I don't come see to the grizzled LA, right? right? To, to visit his wife yeah. his estranged wife and family for Christmas yeah to me, I don't I don't get grizzled from Taron Edgerton okay well let's let's see I'm my a good pick but my I'm... dark horse pick okay Ooh. this is one that would completely change up the film okay we have seen it from this guy multiple times he has done this kind of film but Jackie Chan Oh, okay. right. that's now, cool. I that's know, super cool I know he's done so many films like this like, yeah like it, he is he's great but he, to me, when I was watching this, and like, it would definitely be more edging into the humor side. 100%. But, you like know, physical humor. Physical humor, sort of, like yeah. running over the glass and then yeah. having the glass in his foot, like, <laughs> the way the fight scenes are choreographed. Yeah. They'd be, yeah. it'd be like martial arts fight scenes, borderline, wouldn't they? Rather than kind of scrappy fisticuffs. Really. Yeah. It, yeah. There'd be a lot of like rope, rope work. Yeah. Or, Chair work and stuff like that. I feel like it would change it, but like mm. that scene where John McClane jumps off holding onto the fire like hose and like swings down through a window, like that's so like you can see Jackie Chan doing a stunt like that. Mm. And, and he'd do it and himself. He'd exactly. He'd do it himself. <laughs> well, there'd be no stunt double, it'd be it's all Jackie. So I think I, I think if you went with that, you'd have to change like the whole thing round. Like, uh, and I, I am talking like prime kind of Jackie Chan, you know. Um, what are you looking like? Rush Hour kind of, yes. you know, Jackie Chan. You're not yeah. talking, not thinking earlier still, like things like I'm Who not, Am I? And yeah, I mean, like, but I, I feel like he, he, like this is a film that he did when he was younger. Yeah. So I'm thinking slightly older. Therefore, like the person he's visiting, maybe like you could imagine like his kids at the party as well or something. He always does well when he's like opposite like children or trying to save children. Yeah, bouncing off that humor. Yeah, since yeah. That's, I'm giggling to myself because I'm always trying to imagine the chemistry with Holly McLean yeah, well, <laughs> and my pits for Holly McLean. Like, this has already gone wild. Okay, well, neither of those are my light pick. Okay. I think, right, I think okay. the Hollywood one would be safe. I think Jackie Chan would be a dark horse one. 
We've seen films like that. I just maybe want to see another Jackie Chan film like that. Oh, yeah. But my pick, I've gone with two. Now, there's one which I think... Well, I mean, there's only one role, so you can't there's go with two. There's only one role. So, I, first of all, I Twins. Thought... There's now twins in the film. It's not Michael Cera, is it? fighting terrorist fighting team of twins. I mean, if it's twins, it's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> the only choice. Yeah. I want that film. Uh, my first pick was Richard Madden, mm. who is Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. And he was in, what was it? It's not called The Bodyguard, was yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Thing is The Bodyguard. Bodyguard, something like that. Not on, the on BBC. Yeah, the BBC. Yeah, I think it's, mm. yeah, I think it's The Bodyguard. And he, he was in, actually, he was in the Elton John thing as well. As like he was, yeah. Yeah, he was the um, manager, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. But he, I feel like he is what I was talking about. Like, he's almost crying out for, like, that role that he kind of big role, moves him on yeah. from Game of Thrones and is his franchise. Right. He's a rumour for James Bond. Mm. I think I feel like he's been rumored for James Bond for a while. Though. Yeah, oh, hasn't everyone though? Yeah, I, th- I think whenever the rumors come around, he's always there. Along, I think Kit Harington might be in there as well. I think yeah. you know those, those kind of guys are yeah. always in the in the talk. So I quite like Richard Madden, but my my actual pick, my actual pick, is someone that I really wish did more stuff, mm. and it's Scott Eastwood. So Clint Eastwood's son, mm. because. Let's face it, primetime Clint Eastwood would be great in this role. Oh, that's very fucking true. And he would be an easy pick. Mm. But Scott Eastwood, like, I don't want to be rude, but nobody can think of what films he's in that immediately jump to mind. No. Can the mate, well, Pacific Rim 2. Okay. Some other stuff as well. Yeah. But he looks just like his dad. Mm. He's actually, from what I've seen, a really good actor, but I don't feel like he's been given the chance to show his chops. And I think if you put him in Die Hard, I think he would play it really well. He would play it similar to Bruce Willis, but with maybe a bit more of an edge. Mm. And I think it would launch him as like a new action star. Well, let me ask you these questions. Can he do Grizzled? Yeah, he can. Can he do Cheeky Chappy? Yeah, he can. Can he pull off a white vest? Definitely. He's in. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Checklist done. Can I just say, actually, on the subject of the vest in this film, yeah. I feel like the vest as a role in and of itself, is worth a shout-out. We're not recasting the vest. <laughs> no, but it's worth a shout-out. The way that the vest, like, props to, uh, like, the, the costume department on yeah. this film, because the way that John McClane's white vest throughout this film gradually becomes, like, filthy, yeah. dirt-encrusted, blood-encrusted. is amazing. Like, I found myself watching the film and just thinking, yeah. like, oh, the vest, like, the vest has <laughs> gone through its the, next transition. How has the vest changed in this scene? <laughs> yeah. And he eventually loses it. Yeah. But, but that's actually really key because, like, one of the points, again, spoilers, but the way that, like, John McClane finally, like, defeats the bad guy is he's taped a gun to his back so that when the bad guy's got the drop on him, when Hans Gruber's got the drop on him with a gun, he's like, put your hands behind your head. Mm. He can grab this taped gun and shoot. Now, the fact that he was wearing a vest and then he loses it allows that camera to then reveal the fact the gun is taped there to the audience. Mm. It's just really clever how, like, in cinema they... They kind of put all this in to get you to that point. Yeah. You know what they're doing, these these film people, they don't do, they? They do. So oh, have you guys have you guys got any interesting cool. picks? Any curveballs to throw in there for Not for John McClane, no, partly no. because like it's sacred, it's, Bruce Willis. Yeah, but it's, I think no, I think that's I think, really so interesting. So yeah, so I, I would personally I think Scott Eastwood would be good. I think it would launch like an action career. I think he'd be good. I think he'd make it his own while keeping a lot of the elements that we love about the Bruce Willis. Nice. So, Scott, you see what it is? We've got our 
Anti- uh, protagonist. Yeah. Do we go to the antagonist or the wife? Antagonist. Antagonist. Yeah. yeah. Let's get Hans in there. Hans. <laughs> he doesn't talk like. That. No. <laughs> I'm from Europe somewhere. <laughs> <clears throat> right, Hans Gruber. Yeah. So tell us about the cat. Who is this character in the film? He's not German, obviously. <laughs> Hans Gruber. So, he's the leader of the the terrorists. So. Don't believe they had a, a name. I think they were just. Well, they're not actually he was, terrorists. He was part of a network. Remember yeah, when yeah. he was yeah. As, as far as his group like is concerned, I don't think they had like a specific no, name, did know. he? Because obviously he names three other groups that he wanted yeah. the FBI to release as like a Mystic Dawn or something a, like that. That's a So actually, they're not even terrorists. Yeah, they're robbers. Yeah, bank robbers. And yeah, so they've they've come to Nakatomi Plaza obviously to rob six hundred and. Thirty million pound dollars, or whatever it was, in, in bonds, in, in saving yeah. bonds, wasn't it from the bank? Yeah, from the, not from the bank, the vault. Yeah, on, on Christmas, on Christmas. Mm. Think of the children. <laughs> I love Hans. Yeah, I think he. There is probably an argument to be made that he's probably the most iconic bad guy in an action film. He, actually, Alan Rickman's portrayal of this character, yeah, is amazing. Isn't Played it? by Alan Rickman. Yeah. Another link to a Christmas film because he's also a bad guy in Love Actually. He How is. Can he cheat on Emma Thompson? <laughs> he bought that necklace. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. So interestingly, um, so prior to this, Alan Rickman, I know you kind of been in um, theatre, in a lot of British theatre. This was his also his kind of like massive um, sort of film role. Um, he was an, a relative unknown, and this turned him into a celebrity and a star. Wow, as well. Nickopedia corner throwing it out today. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I so, totally yeah. agree. Love, love this character. Hans Gruber, he's the most cool, calm, and collected character mm. that entire film. Never lets that mask slip until the very end. Yeah. And, you know, when, when they finally discover that. Holly is McLean's wife. That is when the mask slips and you see him start to not not say panic, but he just takes it up a little level and just gets real pissed off and nasty. But before mm. until then he's just so calm, it's like, you know, don't worry about it. I want the FBI here. Because I'm I'm two steps ahead of these motherfuckers. Yeah, he's got a plan I want for them to do what they're about to do. I want them to shut the power down because it gets me into the vault. You just worry about what you're doing. He's always just so he's just so calm. And, and he's, it's almost unsettling at times how calm he is. Yeah, and it's it's the perfect it's the perfect you know juxtaposition to you know John McClane's kind mm. of chaos antagonizing, yes. and you need him to stay calm so that John McClane keeps trying to antagonize him. Yeah, yes. like if John McClane was John McClane, and then Hans Gruber was like, "Ah, oh, you pissed me off," then he's like, it "Yeah, I've, work, I've achieved it." It, 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 just, it just wouldn't work, would it? It would just be yeah. But this is a, you know a calm persona down on the 30th floor and McLean chaos elsewhere it's like yeah don't worry about it stick to the plan yeah he's super cool like, like you said he barely raises his voice no. through like the vast majority of the film and he doesn't need to like you can tell he carries that much status with like the rest of his cronies cronies yeah, yeah the rest of the baddies um yeah he's super slick in this very slick so, so who so, could possibly compete with the Rickman mm. not many and by not many I mean I have got five names well, but wow. I'm not sure if they are Gruber. Mm. So I'm going to run them past you. The first name, I've kind of taken a, another Harry Potter alumni. <laughs> 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 I 
And you you understand why? Is it Emma Watson? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is it Rupert Grint? It's also Rupert Grint. It's Jason Isaacs. Who oh, yeah. plays um, Lucius... Malfoy. Malfoy. Mm, and really cool. the reason I went with that is because, again, Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter films is a very cool, calm, nasty bastard. Yeah. Doesn't really let the mask slip until the latter films when yeah. his family is threatened and that's when he starts to get desperate. And So I kind of thought, slot him Jason, in. Jason Isaacs is the best thing in The Patriot. That's yeah. the bad guy in that. And yeah. he's, he's sort of calm and maniacal and... That's a really, really good, good shout. So that, that, that was where I was going with that. I didn't, you know, again, wasn't sold on it. I'm, I'm more sold on it now than I was when I was oh, writing the name good. down. Can I just say, I hope the rest of these names are also from the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. Oh, that... <laughs> oh. Uh. It's, they're not. <laughs> so I've then went to the world of TV. Okay. Specifically The Walking Dead. And I've gone with, I've thought of maybe either Jeffrey Dean Morgan... Oh, yeah. Or David Morrissey. Mm. Uh, I don't know Morrissey. Morrissey it was the... Oh, no, I do know him. He was he was a Doctor Who episode. <clears throat> I do know him. Okay, yeah. I think he's called The Governor. That's it, The Governor. Yeah, going on. Two, ben, so, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, David Morrissey, two real nasty bastards yeah. in this show. Mm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan in one of my one of my all-time favourites. I love Watchmen. He's yeah. the comedian in Watchmen. Oh, yeah. He is. He's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He would be good. So far, all your picks... Are strong. coming up, coming up, Trump. Where are we going from here? I've got a, a road one. Yeah, in Xander Berkeley. Who's that? So I only know him from Twenty Four. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't exactly a nasty motherfucker. Yeah. He wasn't really a bad guy, but I just like him. traits you need. I just, I just quite liked him, and yeah. I just. Yeah, I quite like the role he did. I can't remember the name of his character. Someone out there is screaming it out there, yeah. out there right now. Mm. But I just, I thought the role, the role he did, I really liked it. Mm. And I just thought, yeah. Well, you know what? You don't have to have played a villain before to no, play a villain now. Actually, I just, I've got yeah, even more backstory. Just because I liked the role, like the role he did in Twenty Four, I thought, do you know what? So going back to um, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman. So the fact that he you know, he wasn't used to, uh, he hadn't done any action films before, things like this. Um, he was so unused to it that apparently uh, in the film, there's very little shots of when he's firing his gun because apparently uh, the director used extra loud blanks to get really natural reactions from the actors. <laughs> and Anna Rittman was like, ah! not used to it at all. <laughs> so he's just flinching his head off. I don't actually recall many scenes where he is firing that gun. It's when they shoot, fire the glass. They shoot the glass. I think that's about that scene and then maybe once or twice when they're in the lobby. Yeah. I mean, he does kill a couple of people as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he kills Takagi. Yeah. And he kills... Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, he does kill... But yeah, it does kind of cut away. I mean, also we should say Alan Rickman, sadly, no longer with us. Yeah. Which is, you know, he was... He died too young and he was great. So, I... Well... Getting back to the whole, you know, casting this role, I, I think... I do have a fifth name. So my fifth one is a younger option. Oh. It's Tom Hiddleston. Mm. Yeah. He, yeah, I mean, he would be good, wouldn't he? He's slick. He knows how to rock a suit. He's got a sort of very dapperness about him. He's almost, he's got, especially as he's been doing in um, Loki, he's got a real sort of cheeky charisma, mm. hasn't he, as well? Mm. Which he is, is very cool. charismatic. Yeah. I think that's no, so. It's, it's a toy like cast like between Hiddleston and Isaacs. Yeah, those are my, my two two well, favourites. I actually, I actually think that Hiddleston would be better opposite Scott Eastwood because you're kind of going a bit younger. 
you know, I think I think he would definitely do well kind of staying cool to like Scott Eastwood's jibes and Hiddleston it is then. Hiddleston's a good Hiddleston it is then. He's settled on the fifth. Happy days. Walk straight in. Lovely. Who do we go to next? Well, it's got to be, it's got to be Holly. It's now. got to be Holly. Come let on. You, let you get one of your picks in. Right. I need to tell you at this stage. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Maybe I've missed a memo. Maybe it's something we hadn't quite discussed. But I decided to go era specific for my cast around. That's great. As long so as, as it's all not of my... Emily Blunt or Michael Sarah. <laughs> well, that's why. So it's like now I'm not allowed to pick those incredible actors. Otherwise, I would have. So uh, I've gone like it as much as I can, relatively. So you've got Judy Dench. <laughs> so then yeah. we're going to end up with some. Really weird, like we need a time machine to pull this film off, because my people are like <laughs> they're wild. But we've always said that, haven't we? This is like this is like picking the people you'd like. Across oh, I mean, come on! Time. Last episode, Nick, we brought two people back from the dead. Yes, yeah. this is true. Anything goes with the Castro. That's what they say. So yeah, Holly McLean, uh, played by, and this is such a great name to say, Bonnie Bedelia. How cool is that to say, Bonnie Bedelia? Bonnie Bedelia. Should have been the character's name. <laughs> right? John Bedelia. Uh, full name, Bonnie Bedelia uh, Culkin. Guess who she is? She's the auntie of Macaulay Culkin. Oh! Mm. Played really well by Bonnie Bedelia. And <laughs> yeah, I think she's, she's, she's a great character. Um, she's played really well. She's kind of... Um, you know, she's the mother of John McClane's kids. She's the estranged wife. There's obviously that, there's still that kind of, um, there's that real chemistry and attraction between the two of them still. Mm. Um, and yet there's that kind of pain, isn't there, that things don't seem to be unravelling in their relationship. Um, and obviously the reason that Holly is in, in the Nakatomi um, Taiwan Plaza in the first place is that she's moved out with the kids to LA to take this job. So I think she's like director in the corporation. So Yeah, I think she's one below Takagi, wasn't she? Yeah, or by by the time a bunch or of people by, came. By, by, <laughs> well, no, she she specifically states when after Takagi was killed, she says to Hans Gruber when he says, "Who put you in charge?" She responds with, "Well, you did. Yes, you that's killed right. when you did when you killed my boss." Yeah. So yes. so she's clearly the very very high up in this company. She's second only to, to, to Takagi. That's very true. Yeah. So yeah, she's you know she's got that power. She's got that influence in terms of the people that are around her, the other hostages. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's the scene where she John McClane gets into the party. They meet each other. She's taken her back to see him, um, and there's that scene where he's like washing up, so he's like like cleaning, like having a bit of a, a shower in the sink or something. And she's sat there with him. They're catching up. Like there's a real chemistry there between yeah. them. Yeah. Like to the point that was like, are you just gonna fuck in a minute? Like they're <laughs> really like she's really into him um, and plays that really well. So yeah, I've got a couple of picks. Um, who I was thinking about for this role. I've got two. I'm just going to throw them out there. Throw out there. My first pick was Sigourney Weaver. Oh. She can rock an 80s business suit. Am I right? Yeah, she's... She's an incredible actor. Obviously, Alien, 101 other films. I feel like she's too action-centric, though, for that role. It's almost like she should be the person. Yeah, Yeah. she's almost like she should be the McLean role. But you're thinking that, but what about her in Ghostbusters? Yeah, you're thinking Alien, where yeah. it's like she's been in so many other films where she's not, yeah, she's not playing the action yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. she's been um, She would, I think, the, di- the difficult thing for recasting this is that chemistry with Bruce Willis and with John McClane. So um, that's and my first. Scott Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Now Scott Eastwood. So this is where it gets wild, right? So Sigourney Weaver and Scott Eastwood. Or my second pick, who is Cher? <laughs> <laughs> Sharon Scott, Scott Eastwood. Right, okay. I, right. I feel like I need to confess something now. Right. 
Cher is my guilty pleasure. Oh, I genuinely. Is, which, which era Cher are we talking? Like we're talking eighties Cher. Right. I feel like so I'm thinking like like we're talking. She's a V switch Cher. Yeah, um, we're, we're talking. You know that PVC outfit on a on a I mean on a battleship. <laughs> you know, Sam, do you need to go take a moment? I might do. I genuinely. Have we just are. found your Emily Blunt. I I I have, a, I have a bit of a thing for Cher. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So I, I'm saying shit. <laughs> I think she'd be really good. I think she could pull off that. She'd definitely have that kind of chemistry thing going. Um, she has some scenes where she's got some humour. Um, I'm happy to lock in Cher. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's got a lot of experience with gypsies, tramps and thieves. <laughs> uh, you know, they hear it from the people of the town. Stop it now. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I feel like no matter what I say, Cher is in. So. Well, I mean, you know, you've just got to believe. <laughs> Stop it, Ryan. Stop, Stop it, Sam. Shares in. Who have you got next? Who are we going on to? Okay, so I feel like we need to go on to sort of the... If this was a buddy cop film, mm. like the other the other buddy to John McClane, you know? So we've got um, Sergeant Al Powell. Yes. Who is played by... Now, this is... It's Reginald Vell Johnson. Mm. What a name. Great name. I'm going to say this right now. I don't know from anything else. No. No, no I'm, I'm not. I'm, and I looked up and didn't really know anything else he's been in. Mm. But he's really good in this. Yeah, he is. Um, and I feel like it's kind of... Um, uh, I can't remember if we discussed this on the show or if we've discussed it before. One of the things with Casterol is you don't want to get trapped in the whole A-list celebrity, A-list celebrity, A-list celebrity. Like, you can't have, like... Just a of course a Marvel yeah. Avengers level cast for every film. I know the way we're doing this it is essentially unlimited budget, but you don't yeah. want to be throwing a list those left ones. Do you? No. you have to have the sort of the you know, and I don't want to throw shade at any people I pick, but you need to have like tiers of kind of actors in this. Sure. So I've tried to think of people that would be like really good, but are not are 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 not going to sort of upstage. So um, my my joke pick would be. Um, Anthony or Anthony Anderson. Now he is in uh, he is in Transformers and he is in Me Myself and Irene okay, and he's in yes. Scary Movie Three. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. he's like one of the sons in Me Myself and Irene. Yes. And Transformers. He's like the friend. Yeah, he's very sort of funny. He would have that comic element. I think yeah. he'd be quite good. Yeah, but I think he like I think again he he might be good actually if it was like Jackie Chan. So it would almost be like the kind of, almost the new... Well, you, you think as well, for vibes. this role, as well as just a comic element, you need him to be McLean's support system. Exactly. Because throughout yeah. this film, he is exactly that. Yeah. You know, he, McLean is constantly on the radio, and he, you know, he's constantly telling him, you've got this. Yeah, because the other police chief guy is like, who is he? He could be one of the terrorists, that yeah, guy. I mean, you know, he's like, he's yeah. always just like, no, just, you, do, you keep doing you, just keep low... I'm here if you need me. He's always on the end of the line for McLean if needed. So, yeah, yeah you need a bit of you know, light heart relief, but yeah. he needs to also be... It's heart. Yeah, he also yeah. needs to be able to support. Yeah. So I think I think he'd be fine, but I think he'd be sort of... Not a joke pit, but like, you know, I think he... he there are ones that I've now thought of just like better. Mm. For my, what I would call like my Hollywood pick, I've gone with Sterling K. Brown. Mm. Now he's in um, This Is Us, yeah, and he's in a few other things as well. But I think again, this could be like his kind of breakout into mainstream kind of action mm. films and stuff. I think yeah. he'd be quite good. Yeah. Um, but the person I went for is actually somebody that I think needs not a second chance in Hollywood because I don't think he did anything wrong or anything. But I think he's out of favor with Hollywood. Right. 
But he's also already been teamed up with Scott Eastwood. And this is John Boyega. Oh, he's a brilliant. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I think John Boyega's great. Mm. I think he, in Attack the Block, he was sensational. Yes. Yeah. I think he did everything he could to make the new Star Wars films good. Yes. <laughs> he is probably... He's one of the best he's what he, in them. He's he, one of the better characters, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's he's in Pacific Rim 2, along with Scott Eastwood. Mm. And he's kind of, he's like the main role and Scott Eastwood's kind of the supporting role. So it would almost flip it on his head. But they had quite good chemistry. You know, you said you watched two films recently in the cinema. Yeah. Did you watch three films recently No, I, I, do you know what? One of them was Pacific Rim 2. Until I, talking about John Boyega, had completely forgotten <laughs> they were in Pacific Rim together. I'm going to guess that your third recasting would have been in Pacific Rim It's two, my right? third recasting for Dwight T. Robinson is a giant robot. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I think I think John Boyega. I think he's good. I think he needs another another chance to be in sort of some blockbusters. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Boom, John Boyega is nice. All right, Jim. I'll go with Argoff then. Yeah. Uh, only a, he's a very minor role. Let's be honest. He's only that yeah. he's he's there to pick up McLean from the airport, take him to Nakatomi Plaza, and then he's there to stick around the end of the night. I'm assuming to take the McLeans back home. Yes. Now the whole he's he's played by I'm gonna assume this is pronounced Devro yeah Devro yeah. White yeah and you know I I see Argon as that light bit of comic comic relief yeah because you know the, he's whenever you see him in the film beyond after the initial meeting it's always to just cut back to oh what's Argyle doing in the in limo, the limo. <laughs> and he's either you know he's getting pissed or he's just you know to the he's just doing music. anything but being able to hear all the gunfire that yeah. you really should be able to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, for me, it's a bit of a comedic relief. So, with that in mind, I've gone with well, I, I've gone with some Saturday Night Live alumni. Okay, mm. who've you gone with? So, I've got a choice of three. Okay, oh. Keenan Thompson. Yes, yeah, that's great. Keegan Michael Key. Yes, yes. or Pete Davidson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're all really good. Can there be three living? Now, these were the names you all saw me very hurriedly writing down about five minutes before recording because yeah. I had realised that we hadn't, we, no one had taken Theo. Right. So the name I had written down for Argyle, I was like, well, that's Theo. Because mm. I actually think the name fits for Theo fits as well. Better. I mean, these two characters are linked because Argyle knocks Theo out. Of course, yes. When he's at the in end the, of the ambulance? Is it an ambulance? Uh, no, he's just a, just a van, I think. Just a van. I think it's just a, a yeah, either way. He makes yeah, him he crash drive, crashed into the in. van, knocks him out. Knocks yeah. him out. He's like, yeah, that's awesome, that scene. I, I I I'm not sure I like Pete Davidson as a person. He's a bit of an idiot, but he's funny and he's quite good in Suicide Squad as that like you know little role kind mm. of kind of thing. Can I throw a curveball in there? Of course you can. Chris Tucker. Oh, it's okay. almost like a really obvious choice, isn't it? It's almost <laughs> obvious. Like just imagine cutting back to see him and he's like on the phone, like "Why are you doing?" This? <laughs> he's really animated over the yeah. top. And, so like, that's that's why I was thinking of of like. Keenan Thompson or Keegan yeah. Michael Key. Yeah. I was like, just the animate, just they could be a bit more animated with it. Like, yeah. you know? I almost went with Keegan Thompson as one of my picks for Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson, yeah. I almost went for his pick for Al Powell, mm. but I thought he'd be like too funny. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's quite good. I think, I think, yeah, any of those. I'm, again, I'm not a fan of Saturday Night Live, actually. Well, oh, I mean, no. We're, we're not American, are we? No. So we're, I've, I've never watched an episode of it due to the fact that it's 
Very American. It's an American it's show. It's very American. I wouldn't know where to get hold of it. Sorry in, if in anybody UK. in America's but watching this. Yes, yeah, I'm sure it's Obviously, <laughs> the reason why Keenan jumped out at me is because I was a huge fan of Keenan and Kel when yeah. I was younger. Yeah. And I was like, I could just picture Keenan in the limo. Yeah. I think that's a great show. I think, I think yeah, that's yeah, a I great thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Really, really good pick. Keenan Thompson is that. Keenan Thompson. Bosh, locked in. Nice. Boom. Right. Uh, my next uh, pick is Ellis. Who yes. is the... He's a sleazeball. The sleazeball, the yuppie, uh, coke-snorting sleazebag who is like, yeah, like doing coke in most of the scenes that he's in. And amazingly, like never being picked up on it by Tagaki. But McLean does pick up on it. McLean does. Yeah. yeah. He's like, still got a bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Either he picks up on it or he just knows he's done it because he winds him up and so says, you've still got some under there. Like, he's yeah. like, oh, shit. Don't it's like his see. boss is like right in the room. It's like totally obvious. And he's like, I mean, he must be very good at closing those million dollar deals. Because he <laughs> talks about it, doing it a lot. So yeah, played by Hart uh, Bochner, I think. Um, and yeah, I think he, he plays his role really well. He does play like, really love to hate this guy, don't you? He's the first person I remember as a kid. Like, or not a kid when I watched this, but I was younger. Yeah. Thinking like, I'm quite happy he got shot in the face. <laughs> Like, he is annoying. Character. He's almost like another villain in that sense, isn't he? Like, yeah, I think it's a great character and really, really hams it up. Uh, and speaking of which, if I was doing a, a modern pick for this, I think John Hamm would could be a really fun mm, pick. Yeah, yeah you're like, he's good. If he was really hamming it up, yeah, in Mad Men or in God, he's in so much stuff now, isn't he? Isn't and yeah, and just being like so like really sleazy. Obviously, hits on Holly McLean. Yeah, and you just be like, you are a sleaze bag. Um, but, but he's not one of your picks. He, he, well, I wanted to stay like 80s, 90s. So my pick for Ellis is the late, very great Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Um, you know Bill Paxton, he's been in so many great films. Um, Aliens. To name just Predator one amazing two. film. Twister. Titanic. Now, the, the Bill Paxton I'm thinking of is like the true lies Bill Paxton, yes, right? Yes, where he yes, is the yes. con man who's trying to basically crack on to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, he's a complete sleazeball in that. He's a complete coward. And I just think, like, the moment I rewatched this film, I was like, boom, that would be Bill Paxton. Uh, I think that would be, great. yeah. No Only one. person in all of cinema universe to be killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. Wow. That is an amazing accomplishment. That's Sam Pedia corner. <laughs> right there. Steady on you. <laughs> Gimmick infringement over there. Uh, do you know what? I, I don't know if you've got any other picks, but it's him. That's it. He no, is, yeah, that, yeah. That's only needs to be one He's pick. so the best pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's um, great. Ellis is Bill Paxton. Lock that shit down. <laughs> Sam, who you got? Game over, man. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> okay, so I've got uh, Dwayne T. Robinson. So, um, play, played by uh, Paul Gleason, um, who is a very good actor. Mm. Um, and this is the role of the police chief that's stuck outside. Now, he's, he's not John McClane's police chief. He's Al Powell's police chief. He's like an L.A. cop. Mm. Um, and I found this role quite difficult because you you can't have somebody that's like a villain, because he's not a villain. You can't have somebody that's a complete, like worse because he's actually trying to do the right thing he's just a bit inept he's right? just a bit he's inept just, I, just, I felt he was very incompetent mm. but he's not I felt the only competent, competent like, I felt that entire film he wouldn't, even after the FBI arrived the only competent law, law officer was Powell yeah mm. 
But he's not like, but this is the thing, he's not so incompetent that he, you think like he's endangered people's lives. Like he's he's sort of by the book. He's a bit, mm. you know, he's just not very imaginative is maybe more of the... I also think is meant to bump up the status of Hans Gruber even more, right, is the fact that every single other person apart from Powell and McLean has completely underestimated yes. what is going yeah. on. And I think that's meant to just increase it even more of course, it, and yes. make Gruber even more of a badass. So my my dark horse pick is not really a dark horse pick. It's more of like um, I think it would change it to being a bit more sinister. Mm. Um, would be Robert Redford. Ooh. Um, I think he you know he's played those kind of roles before, and he's um, you know he's Alexander Prince in The Winter Soldier, mm. and you know he's he's one of the people that kind of um, enacts the what they call the the accords, the treaties to make them kind of you know, sign these treaties and screw up the Avengers and stuff. So he's quite kind of like officious and, but I think he would add like sort of a nasty edge to the character. Mm. You know, maybe there's more like ulterior motive rather than just being a bit, you know. That's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think he, I think he'd be good. Um, yeah. He could also technically be the Hollywood pick because I mean, Robert Redford is, you know. Up there, right. You know, legend. Absolutely. But my pick, and this is going in because it's amazing, is, um, Bob Odenkirk, who, who is, is Better Call Saul. Ah. Oh, and he's in a film uh, called Nobody. Yes. And obviously he's in Breaking Bad as yes. Saul. He is, I think he has got a really good mix of like, he could come in and start quite confident, quite competent. And then slowly he's like, break down, you know, losing grit. Yeah, regretting his decision. <laughs> actually, really like, good. so I think he would be great for that. I've not seen, um, Nobody. Nobody. Isn't he a total badass? Yeah, he is. But like, film. he starts oh, off that as like. Oh, yeah. the one you're on about. Yeah, I've, I've not yeah. seen it, but yeah, I've no, no. He's, the, he's, yeah. He actually trailer. Yeah, he could be John McClane. I was just gonna say, do you think he could pass a white vest? That's an choice there, McClane. He, he, I think he wears a white vest in Nobody. In the end, he's he, yeah, he could because he's like a businessman, just cares about his family, and then he like. And he turns mm. out he's like a fixer or whatever they call them, you know, right. assassin or something. Total badass. Total badass. But yeah, he's he's good. And I think he'd be great for this role. I like that. Locking him in. Nice. This is and what a cast this is. <laughs> what a mixture this is becoming already. Okay. So obviously there's two left with me, Theo and Thornburg. I think before I move to Thornburg, I'm gonna round out with Theo. Because he is the safe cracker, Hans Gruber's safe cracker. Yes, quite a quite a big part of the film. Yeah, he's the tech guy, right? Mm. So I always remembered about his part in this film is when when the when the terrorists initially enter. The yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. And they come. He comes in through the front door. Yeah, he? with Carl and some unnamed goon. Yes. Um, Carl shoots the receptionist in in the head. Yeah. And Theo jumps straight over. Yeah. And um, just like pushes the the roller chair out the way like, with his always, feet, with his feet, yeah. And I was just like, oh, he's a bad. Man. Yeah, and he's talking. Good. He's he's doing really like some... just a smooth little transition over that counter, and, it's and like... he's doing some random about talk about basketball. like basketball, and he's just yeah. it is a very memorable entrance, yeah. and it perfectly sums up his character. Yeah, yeah. In like ten seconds. So I interrupt. Yeah, <laughs> no, you go. Well, I'm sorry. I teased the Nate. Teased that I had my pick was originally who I had for Argyle before realising actually I didn't have a Theo. Mm. I've only, so I have only got one name. Go on. And his, it is Tyler James Williams. I only know him from uh, Everybody Hates Chris. 
Oh, I yes. believe he's also in The Walking Dead. I can't remember yes, the role. Yes, he is, yeah. I can't remember what role he plays, but yeah. So that's what I've got for Theo. I like him. I I have to say, I did have an alternate for him. Ooh, go on. But this might be going back to my, like, ooh, A-list, A-list, A-list. Go on. I went with Remy Malek. Oh, that's really cool. Just because I thought, you know, obviously he's in Bohemian Rhapsody as Freddie Mercury. He's in, what's that one, like, is it called Ro- Mr. Robot? Yeah, like where he's a hacker. He's like a hacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what made me think yeah, of it. Yeah, he's, Robot, like, yeah. he's kind of like that hacker vibe and the stuff. Tech guy. But I think he'd be like, again, too much. He'd be like, oh, Remy Malik should maybe be Hans Gruber kind of thing, you know, level he of could, bad guy. Or, yeah, he could do he could Gruber, right? And I, I quite like the, the your pick. Sorry, I forgot his name. But Tony he's, James Williams. He's very good in Everybody yeah. Hates Chris. Mm. And I think it would be fun because you he is like, he is a comedy character in this. And if in Everybody Hates Chris, he's a comedy character. But then maybe the callousness and the way he just like jumps over someone's body mm. would be like a real like, oh shit. Yeah, like makes you like, take a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't it? Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Locked in? Lock, well, he's the only name I have, so... Sweet. So locked in. <laughs> so I'm. Um, I feel like we've not got on to like we started with Theo there, but um, I feel like we need to cover Joseph Tagagi. <laughs> Don't do that. What's to me. the name? What's the name of the person that plays Holly Gennaro? Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. So since you've said that day, going in my head, all I've got is body, 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 Bedelia. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said boy George. <laughs> yeah. I've literally had that in my head. And, the and, and now, time. thank you. Mine. Body, 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 I, was, I really enjoyed picking this. So I've actually got three choices for this role. So although it's a relatively minor role, I think, you know, not a huge amount of screen time. Um, dead within half an hour. Dead within half an hour, yeah. Shot by Gruber, um, where they take him upstairs to his kind of executive suite. They're trying to get the password, the last password for like the vault and stuff. He doesn't give it up. Gruber counts down from three, shoots him. Um, I feel like we needed to, to, to include him in this casserole because he's still really integral, isn't he, to kind of... yeah. You well, know. his death is the reason that Gruber and Holly actually get in the same orbit. This is without, true. without Takagi dying, I don't think Gruber would know of Holly. And he yeah. wouldn't. Because, you know, Maybe obviously not. Holly would never have walked in that office. She wouldn't have taken a glance at the folded down photo of the family. Yeah. You know, and Gruber would not have spotted that and been like, what's she? Yeah, and then when obviously the news clicked down, he was like, hang on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So his death puts those two in the same orbit. Which so, yeah, yeah, he's a minor role, but his death is major. He, yeah, so he's integral on that basis. Um, so yeah, I actually had three picks for this Ooh. of three Japanese actors uh, whose work I really admire. Between them, have been in like hundreds of films and Whoa. series, like unbelievable careers they've had. Um, so the first person, or the first two people, and then I'll tell you my final pick. So I had uh, Takeshi Kitano uh, and John Kanimura. Uh, so between them, I've just been in, I don't know if you guys have heard of any of these films, but things like, um, going back to my enjoyment of horror films, The Wailing, absolutely immense horror film. Um, but my final pick was uh, a guy called Togo Igawa, who's a Japanese actor, he's based in the UK, has been in predominantly um, sort of British theatre films and television. 
Um, he's in yes. The Last Samurai. Yeah, yeah. He's as really one of the generals who like still who still believes in like samurai tradition yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, I think he's in Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. That kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, he's my pick. He's locked in. So go Agawa. He's, he's really Castro. good. He's nice. I I like him. And that's the thing. I think you need a character that's not like not a joke character, but he's not trying to steal. He's just like a guy that's like. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you that he's like gambling that Hans Gruber's not actually gonna kill him. Yes, and loses. Yes, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Like right. He's very sort of stoic, um, and it's just that last minute when Gruber's counting down. You can see he starts to sweat. He starts to like think like. And honourable because he's in a crowd and Hans Gruber doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And he stands yeah. up and he says, "I'm." I wonder if in that scene Gruber does know because surely he, Gruber's done yeah, his homework. He's done. Right? Of course, That's he's done. Of course he knows. He's done his research. Like I said, he's, yeah, he's two. He's two steps ahead of the law. Yeah. So he's not. If you think he's going to have walked into a building and he not know who he's like, after, he knows like the school he went to. He knows like his <laughs> like, driver's license. You must be one of you. Like, did you look at a picture at any point? Oh, I didn't think to do that. So if you thought for one second he believed it was going to be the young Japanese gentleman that he was stood by, <laughs> no chance. He maybe knew who it. he was after. Maybe that's why Takagi stands up because he's like, he obviously knows it's me. He's yeah, right. Like, of course, and he it's, knows it's who he's theatrics after. on Gruden's yeah. part, right? Yeah. In terms of, yeah, intimidating. He's just, just a bit of dick swinging as he's walking through the crowd. Like, he, know, he knows <laughs> who he's go. after. Doesn't he's actually just... do that. Just clarify. <laughs> Deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> Course, yeah, that was uh, that was my penultimate pick. Nice. Oh, it's back to you, Jim, for your final pick. Yeah. So, Thornburg, asshole, like reporter, just selfish, yeah. slimy reporter. He's only in it for the the headline. He's more hateable than Ellis is. Yeah, he is. Film, well, when I was I actually think. looking the character up, he was described as the second antagonist of the film. Yeah, mm. that was the description they gave. That they get the whatever website was I looked at, that's the description they gave him as the second antagonist. Not, yeah. Which, for quite a small role, it's quite a big title to give him. Well, he's also someone that appears in more of the Die Hard films. Well, he appears so, in Die Hard 2. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but he's not as slimy. He's more... From what I remember him in Die Hard 2, he's only, ever, he's only on the plane with Holly trying to worm his way back into the good books, isn't yeah. he? Because he's trying to apologise for, well, the shit he calls here. Because yeah. if it wasn't for him chasing that headline and going off on his own to the McLean household when they learn the true identity of McLean. Their kids would not have gone on the TV. They, Gruber would not have realised, oh, actually. They're linked, yeah. He would have put two and two together. Holly's life would then not have been in vain. Or not, not in vain. It wouldn't have been endangered. Mm. You know, so because of, because of his, his selfish actions whole spiral began to unfold and yeah he's up there with Ellis in terms of like dicks yeah. in this film right I have only got one name though oh give it to us but it's a good one oh. and I think you could see him doing that role okay Willem Dafoe oh, yeah yeah that's great pick yeah that's great I could picture that straight away yeah yeah as soon as oh, that's, that was the, that was the name that went, came to head I pictured him before oh you can picture Willem Dafoe going up to the nanny being like you know, if you, you let me in, I'll have like you that, deported. That you know nasty I mean? you, street. Yeah, yeah, you could just see him being a real nasty piece of shit to that nanny, being like, if you don't let me in, you're out of here. You know, I'll, yeah, have, I'll have your ass deported. I think that's a really good pick, actually, because that character needs to be able to sweet talk people and be smarmy and be nice and then switch. Yeah. The flip of a coin, suddenly yeah. he's an arsehole. And, and yeah. then, yeah. in Die Hard 2, be... Not wormy. just wormy, trying to just wor- sit, sit saddle on up next to Holly and be like, 
please forgive me. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I think Willem Dafoe would be able to do that across those two films. Mm. Nice, mate. Locked in. Which is the only name I had, so of course it's locked in. Locked I like in. It. Well, I've got one more. Um, I think before we go on to maybe, like, are we just doing like so much? Just say, well, doing... I think you guys had some names for just some of the odd. Yeah, so obviously, pros, didn't you? Yeah, we when, do. We're, when we're doing these cast of roles, you know, there are a lot of roles that we could cast. And there are a lot of like henchmen in this. Yes. And so we kind of thought about like putting a couple of like cameo names together. There is one like key henchman. Which yeah. I believe Nick has got. Yeah, so Carl, who is um, the... Arguably, I think you could say he's like the secondary villain as well, right? Because yeah. he's got major fight scenes with John McClane. Um, he, he is he's one the of last the first, one to die. He's the last one to die. He, yeah, so, so Gruber doesn't get the classic 80s, 90s, like two or three deaths. Like Carl gets the second the death. Carl, yeah, he, get, yeah. he reappears, reappears. And Powell end, yeah. takes him down. And that's like Powell's moment of, of vindication, isn't it? Yeah. When he spoke about the fact that he shot a kid. Like yeah. When he was like um, talking with with McLean, so yeah, so Carl is played by, and of course, um, Carl's brother Tony is killed by McLean as well, and so Carl's got this whole kind of vendetta thing going on throughout the film as well. So he's, Carl is played by Alexander Goodenough, um, who was a world famous ballet dancer. Did I you read know? that. Yeah. I did read that when I was looking at that. And he defected from Russia to the US in 1979 and started acting from that point. Wow. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, so like he really, he's got, you know, he's really sort of physically intimidating. Um, he has these moments where I think because of his, his brother being killed in the film, Carl is like really pissed off throughout the whole film, isn't he? So there's moments where he's just like smashing shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Has that major fight with, with McLean. Uh, McLean takes him out. We think he's dead when he's wrapped up in the chain. Uh, and then he appears right at the end, ready to shoot. I only had one pick for Carl. Right. Uh, and my one pick for Carl is uh, an actor who, throughout his career, has arguably been typecast as, like, the crazy Russian, <laughs> or, like, the crazy German <laughs> or something. Oh, here we go. He's actually a Swedish actor, uh, and that's Peter Stormare, who is, do you guys remember Armageddon, where yeah. they stop at the space yes. station? He's like the crazy... Is he not Russian? He's Swedish. That's <laughs> mental. <laughs> He's he great. Very, right? He yeah. does a very convincing Russian. Yeah. Isn't he in um? What's the um Keanu Reeves film where he's like a devil angel? Uh, oh, Constantine. Constantine. Doesn't he, he play plays the devil? devil? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought he'd he's be, in loads. Right? Of, he's, he's in loads. He's, he's great as well, isn't he? Uh, long really... blonde hair. He's almost got that drunken kind of sway about him. Right. I think he'd be yeah a super cool. Speaking of hair. Part. There's some gorgeous hair in this film, wasn't there? <laughs> some of these cronies had some phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal long locks. Yes. I was jealous. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Just, just so you know, in the caricature that I'm going to draw for this one, you've oh. got to be Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Jim, Jim's got Bruce Willis. Oh, right. He's locked in. So it's interesting. I actually, I actually went for a, for a Carl. As well, did you? Yeah, who have you got? Um, so I went for a different way, and then I also thought about who could play his brother. Oh, cool! And I went for Carl as Jason Momoa. Oh, so I wanted to yeah. go somebody like really physically imposing. Yeah, we're not going down that this is a German <laughs> group of mercenaries anymore. But I think like the idea of like. Jason Momoa's like huge kind of imposing like manic energy really angry being held in check by the main guy that's like calm and kind of throughout yes and, and his brother and, played by Michael Sarah, right well no his brother I've gone with Roman Reigns Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right, because 
there is there, so like Roman Reigns is a, a wrestler, WWE wrestler, and Roman Reigns and Jason Momoa look very similar. Yeah, and this and so you'd buy that they were brothers. Well, Roman Reigns is actually a re- the cousin of the Rock. Yeah, yeah, real life cousin of the Rock. Oh, real life cousin okay. of the Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in um, he's in one of the Fast and the Furious or a nephew films. or something. Like that. Yeah, he's uh, he's in some, the Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. That's it. Yeah. So um, my thinking would be, you see Roman Reigns fight McLean, and you think Roman Reigns is really intimidating and big and like he's massive, know, massive. So maybe you'd flip them around actually, because I couldn't work out who was bigger, like Roman Reigns or Jason Momoa. As far as as far as for the roles, I think Momoa would be the more, would be the Carl. Yeah, but what I'm thinking is like one of them is like the big brother that McLean manages to fight, but then yeah. the next one he fights is like an even bigger version oh, of the brother. You know, he's okay. like it's it's easy. You just make yeah. sure if one of them's got short hair glasses, exactly. Now yeah. the younger brother, give one well, of them long hair. I, I could just no, I think no, no, no. like whoever it is, whether it's Momoa or Roman Reigns, him dying that early on is actually quite a shock. Mm. You're like, oh, yeah, McLean killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so I think they would be they'd be like a really interesting kind of that's cool. Brothers. As far as Cronies, I was actually thinking, again, I went back to kind of the realms of TV, and I came up with the two names of Katie Sackoff, because why do they all have to be men? That is true. That is true. true. I mean, she's very physically imposing. And she's a yeah. very physical specimen yeah. of a woman. Yeah, that's awesome. And the other one was um, Ronda Rousey. Nice. <laughs> Keeping the WWE <laughs> again, not, again, not really TV, but, you know, she's... Again, do you just make all of the mercenaries, the whole crew, wrestlers then? Well, actually, it might be quite interesting. If you made, like, if you made Carl character, Ronda Rousey or Katie Sackhoff, the person that died might have been, like, her partner rather than oh, her brother. Oh, or something. Yeah. So it might be in a love anger. Which wrestler could be uh, Hans Gruber? <sighs> oh, actually, like Seth Rollins. No, no, yeah, no, not for not for Gruber. Yeah, because he, no. he's got that like maniacal when he no, came no, out. Like, oh, he's, no, no, absolutely not. Be great. Absolutely not. <laughs> not for Gruber. He, 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 does, he doesn't have the calm. He does. No, he, he doesn't. Totally no, he doesn't. I'm telling you right now, Seth Rollins is a great pick, and I'll fight you. Well, I've got I've got a, um, an alternative pick for you for all of the mercenaries. All of them. All, Michael, all, all Sarah. Them. No, stop. Stop, you guys. Stop. Can I interest you in a career-defining performance? Hang on. Now, when you said all the mercenaries, do you literally mean all the mercenaries? Where every mercenary is played. Oh, no. It's another Michael Cera. By Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. Actually, Dan Radcliffe would be a good pick. He would be a good, he would be a good pick for something. Yeah. But he could do Tony, couldn't he? With he could, those he glasses, yeah, those yeah. style glasses. Yeah, he could. Great. And him dying, actually. Because you, you almost feel like Tony's like, maybe this is his first heist. He's oh, do you reckon? Younger. I feel like there's like a... Com- you know when he goes looking for McLean, first of all, but, I mean, the scene where he yeah, but I think that's because he wants to try and prove a point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Prove a, point, think... prove, prove a point to his brother. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know what the actor's called, but the guy that plays Tony mm. is in a Bond film. He's oh. in Living Daylights. He's oh. like one of the main bad guys in that. Oh, nice. And just shout out, Timothy Dalton is the best James Bond. Yeah, that's me down. as well. He's yeah. brilliant. And Living Daylights and License to Kill are great films. Nice. Um, yeah, so I love him from that. And so, like, he's a great henchman. I've got I've got a couple of other henchmen. Um, Walter Coggins. Do you know him? He's in Django Unchained. He's in Predators. 
Mm. Um, yes, in, yes, yes, yes. He's, he's like a very much like a character actor that yep. you've got to see in a lot of stuff. Mm. And another one who would probably have to be Tony, I've got Sean Bean. Ooh. I think Sean Bean would be a nice one. Yeah. I think Sean Bean also maybe be a good Hans Gruber. He would be a good Gruber. He'd be a hell of a Gruber. He would be a good Gruber. Oh, he'd be quite the Gruber, wouldn't he? He would. Oh. oh. Who have we currently got as Gruber? Hiddleston. Oh, that's oh. good too, though. That's good. Do you know what, actually? Just right now, we definitely at some point need to recast Equilibrium. We do. Equilibrium's a great film. That is a good film. It's really was, underrated. What is it called? Gun Cutter. That's the that's the like that's martial the, arts they do. They do. With guns. Yeah. yeah, ridiculous. It, yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, good, good cult film. Tangent here. Sean Bean's in it. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> great. He's great. Like Golden Eye. Sean Bean. Oh. He's in, he's in a, we've, got, we've put him in a role where he has to die. Uh, Sean Bean dies in like ninety nine percent I should say I don't think does he survive in anything he does? Yeah, well he survives as Sharp, which is my favourite role he's ever been in. Yeah, he's so good. Sharp's amazing. Like yeah, he's like a really good good guy. Yeah. In that. But he's, he's also a really good bad guy. He's in a really good bad guy. guy. Like Goldeneye, he's brilliant. He's oh. he's great. Yeah. So yeah, so those those are all my like cameo roles I think would be good henchmen mixed around there. Nice. Yeah. 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 So are we ready to lock in a caster role? Yeah, I think so. Let's I think we are, yeah. Lock in our final recipe. So do you want to start with your ingredients, Sam? Yeah, so I'm gonna start with you know, maybe the the less well known cut of meat for this casserole, but I'm going to go for uh, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son. Not yet got his his big acting break. He's but he's got a lot of chops about him. Mm. Pork chops, if you will. My Sergeant Al Powell is Scott Eastwood's acting partner from from, <laughs> from Pacific Rim recently. Actually, the big robot from Pacific Rim, a good henchman. <laughs> <laughs> um, is John Boyega. He's, he's Sick. Yeah, really and then my um, pick for the sort of slightly inept, bumbling police chief yeah. is um, Bob Oden, Odenkirk. Nice. Yeah. What a great picks. Yeah, great. Mm. Okay. Uh, so my locked in Gruber is Tom Hiddleston. Oh, he's good. He's that good. Is good. Now, now part of me is like, oh, Sean Bean. But oh, I think Hiddleston's good. Hiddleston's great. Argyle, Keenan Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Thornburg, Willem Dafoe, yeah, oh. and Theo mm. is Tyler James Williams. Oh, strong, yes, strong, isn't this it? Is a strong guy. So now we need to go in the time machine and go back to the eighties, nineties, uh, where we've got the great Bill Paxton oh. as Ellis. Oh. 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 Again, no longer with us. No longer. R.I.P. Bill. Holly McLean, Bonnie Bedelia is Barney, 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 Barney. I see. I really believe Stop in it. that pick. Stop it. It's a great it. pick. Cher is a great pick. I love Cher. Uh, Joseph Takagi is Togo Gawa, and Carl is played by Peter Stormare. Oh. And then, of course, our picks for the various mercs. Very strong cast, isn't it? That is an interesting yeah. cast, isn't it? That is a that is a flavorful dish. I mean, so I think there. it's safe to say when we when this episode goes out, I'm, we're going to have to put a poll as to what people think of this cast. That's true. <laughs> it's, That's it's, true. Is it a hero or a miss? So Cher has got some key scenes with Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> and he's married to Scott, Scott Eastwood. Is... Yeah, I want to see that film. Yeah, I'd see that. I to be fair, a young Cher, though, would fit. Like, this is, we're doing like, different eras and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, time machine, time yeah. behind me. As a mashup, I think it works. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think... I think this is a perfect time to wrap up the, the castor roll, though, and maybe 
head over to listener questions or well, listener, got, listener suggestions. We've got a question corner. We are, we are, we are, you know, this, this, this is episode three. Obviously, we've, we've put a couple of episodes out by now, and this is the point where we're going to start asking our listeners to give us suggestions of our of their recastings for past films that we've done, or you know, just any feedback that they that they have to give us. Uh, I've got some. Has anyone else got any? Yeah, I've, I've got I've yeah. got one actually. Okay, yeah. Well, so uh, so we call this section real talk. You know, just to keep up our play on words. Nice. So, real, keeping straight it real. away, like it. people would not have been happy with my suggestion of DiCaprio for Alan Grant. Oh, I think he's great. I've been, told, still, I've been told by multiple people to just get in the bin. I still like that choice. I still like that choice. I mean, we didn't lock it in. I don't know what they're I don't know what they're. It was Hugh Jackman, right? It was Hugh Jackman. But the, the mere suggestion that I said... That I, Put forward DiCaprio. I've got get in the bin. Even that was too much. That was too much. Too much. Mere suggestion. I have got an an alternative Alan Grant given to me by uh, uh, by two people. Got uh, one from from Donny and one from Sean. So Donny has suggested that the only real real option for Alan Grant is Brian Cranston. Oh well, yeah. I mean that is kind of a curveball, bit. That's the only correct answer. Okay, it is good. And. Sean has suggested Pierce Brosnan. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan's, Pierce Brosnan's good. Um, slightly what, older I, Pierce Brosnan. I really like this later phase of Pierce Brosnan. Well, now it's a really later phase of Pierce Brosnan's career where he's doing like, he's playing like a war vet and stuff. But that period of his career where he was in, do you know, remember the film The Matador? Where yeah. he was like a washed up assassin in Mexico. Yeah. Like that era where he was able to make fun of himself a little bit. I think was was amazing. Like he's been yeah. just so good, so funny in some of those films. There's a film he's in that I saw recently. I can't remember what it's called now. Where he plays like someone's father, and they're actually like master thieves, and they like they rob a bank, and the guy that's like the security officer at the bank is like the woman's fiance. I mean, not, not knowing the name of the film is making is that it the, really good. The Thomas Crown Affair. No, no, this is like this is like this is like a couple of years old. He's like really old. Uh, but there's a joke in it where his wife is like, Oh, you really reminded me of uh James Bond in this. Oh, and he's really? like, Which James Bond? And she's like, the fifth one. Like, oh, that was a good bond. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like him like so there's like a really nice like, on the meta joke. Yeah. I should probably point out actually I did forget to mention that Donnie is one of the uh hosts of the or he is the host of the Pure Dead PlayStation podcast. Mm. Uh, I've also got some suggestions from from uh, Couchy, who is one of the two hosts from the Pure Dead Pure Dead Xbox podcast. He has suggested for John Hammond, Sir Ian McKellen, mm. or for well, Ian Mal- an impression of him there, so. or for Ian Hammond. Malcolm, yeah. Christian Bell. Christian Bell, interesting. Yeah, Christian Bell. I feel like I feel like Christian Bell's a bit too serious. I can be sinister as well. Yeah. And Sean has also suggested either for Ian Malcolm, either Nick Cage or Johnny Depp. Oh, Cagey, pop Cagey, <laughs> pop Cagey. Cage, Cage might be my you, Emily Blunt. Just picture Nick Cage in the back of that back of that jeep doing the, the chaos theory chat with the water and. Oh, it'd be pretty. I feel like he'd play a raptor if you let him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What? Just his head poking through the for the, for the bush. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> That's good. He would want to play the raptor as well, wouldn't he? That's what I mean. He would, yeah. He'd do it. In, he'd be, and I think throughout filming, he would be um, method. So outside of filming, he would still be <laughs> raptor. <laughs> 
living in the enclosed raptor in cage. <laughs> I didn't even think they'd fuck with the raptor cage. <laughs> yes. So Sam, you said you've also received yeah, some. I've got I've got a couple of questions and a, a couple of statements, mm. but I think I'm just going to pick one for this episode because okay. um, this episode's already quite long, um, and this is just a little topic that you know won't take us long to talk about at all. But um, will streaming services kill cinema? Oh, just, just, <laughs> just a small, just, small, just, just, small, just, just a small discussion point. Crikey. Small yeah, discussion point. Um, Go in with that. So, I yeah, mean, little dessert to finish I think, on. I, I, I mean, mean, it's quite evident mm-hmm. that cinemas have been in a decline, I think. It's, that's quite obvious. I think every time I go in the cinema now to watch a film, there's, it's never busy. I just don't know if cinemas have helped themselves as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like loads of, you know, you can look at other industries that have had to, had to been forced to adapt and diversify. Um, and I, unless they, what's similar done, like they've introduced some like posh leather seats in the middle of the cinema or that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's rubbish. You can get like beers delivered and yeah. that kind of thing. So they're trying to so explore they are, they're trying to different ways. Appeal to different just audiences. Just the price point but... as well has been a big issue for people. <laughs> but this, is, really but this is the thing, like, so, so, our local cinema, like you can actually get a ticket, like a standard ticket, for like five pound ninety five. Yeah, that's not bad. That's and, pretty. And good. if you that's are, really and if good. you that's are really with I think it's Virgin or O2 or something, you can get two for like seven pounds. Yeah, like exactly. So there's stuff, but, but there's still does, some cinemas that are twenty be, quid. Yeah, like I think like, that's our cinema. Like a couple of years ago, I could have sworn was was much more. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's almost too late to the game to really reduce. I think prices. I think that that streaming services will have an impact I mean they have like a really big cinema chain is just shutting down in the middle of Bristol actually mm. um, um, but I think the cinemas that have gone more like like have you, do you guys know the Tivoli in Bath mm. which is like it's like nice seats and you can get a pizza and a cocktail and it's like an event and it's a night out that's Those the kind quite, of sort of diversification I think yeah. That, yeah and I think even for like the big chain ones I think putting old films on mm. actually might be the way to go. Because... Not too late because Nick wants to be cuddled up when he's time up till nine, max. Yeah, but because I watched... I watched they, they recently redid The Lord of the Rings, and so I went and watched those. Late at night, you guys you would have hated it. Yeah, I watched all those. And then, obviously, seen Die Hard. Like, when they put, like, old films on, like, you're going to get that experience that you just won't get from the streaming services. Well, I mean, it's quite evident with that was going, like, streaming services are taking new films and putting them on there whilst they're still out in the cinemas. Yeah. So that, you know, I think it's like recently I think it's like both Oppenheimer and Barbie, I think we're up on Amazon and Scott oh, and really? things like that to, to rent. I, but the price point for that, there was, I think it was like £20 to rent these films right. or for like 48 hours or something. That was yeah. ludicrous. Yeah. But the point but the there is, is... They are, the fact is they have taken them away from the cinema to put at the home. Yeah. yeah, And so it's, so yeah, in a way they are, so they are taking, trying to take, actively take the business away from the cinema. Yeah. To, so they can get more of the pot from people buying it at home. Mm. I think what you're going to get is you're going to end up getting a bit of a split in filmmaking. Um, I think there's a bit of a kickback now going sort of against the sort of the, the Marvel film. I like the Marvel films, but I think I'm getting a bit sort of sick of the, Sort of the jest, the popcorn cinema. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you, before long you start seeing some of these Marvel films because they, they, they're on a decline as well in cinema. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of them just being called Disney Plus 
originals. And that's the thing. And I think maybe you've, that's you've it. Got maybe that those kind of... They've already got their Netflix originals. Yeah. Amazon Prime have got their Amazon originals. I wouldn't be surprised if before long, a lot of this Marvel stuff, like the TV shows, a lot of the movies are known as just Disney Plus originals. Exactly. And I think I think that's fine. You've got that. They can go to the streaming services. And it leaves the cinema free for sort of the big epics. And I think we need to get back to having some big original epics. There's nothing like, even with the size of, you know, your average household TV these days, there is nothing like experiencing a film in the cinema, right? No. Yeah. It's comes a home. very, very good experience. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, undoubtedly it's affected it and it will continue to. It'll just be interesting to see kind of what continues to change, how how both cinema and sort of streaming services continue to adapt. Yeah, and I guess watch this space. But, you know, we all love the cinema if it's not on too late and if it's not too expensive. <laughs> Please. <laughs> or if, you know, you get asked to go the week before payday and you don't have any money. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I, think, I, think, I think that is a big topic that we could talk a lot about but yeah i think that was our that was a lovely little dessert at the end of our casserole it was yeah and what a casserole that was i really enjoyed that <laughs> what a great film christmas or not it's a bang it's christmas. Isn't it? okay yeah and merry christmas everyone because you know this is this will be going out yeah like a week be before out. a week before christmas, week before christmas. Like, in fact, i think we think it is scheduled for the 18th so it will literally be a yeah. week before oh, he christmas. said it he said it now so we've got to make sure it's on the 18th. So by the time this goes out, that time. by that day, I'm okay with you having your Christmas decorations up. Yes. Okay. You're no longer a Scrooge. Yeah. I'm no. Yeah, I'm no longer as a crazy person having my decorations up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. If there's only one other thing left to say, yippee ki yay. Yippee ki yay. Yippee ki yay. Well, thank you for listening. Tell us what you think of our recasting over on X at Castorol Pod. And whilst you're there, why don't you give us your suggestions on who you think you would like to have cast in the roles instead? You can find Castorol on Amazon, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from, really. While you are there, don't forget to subscribe and rate us five stars and leave a review. You may also contact us via email castorolpod at gmail.com again with any suggestions films you would like us to cast a role on in the future until then it's bye from me bye from me and it's bye from me yippee Kaye. Merry Christmas Movie Castorol Castorol